What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again i appreciate you asking me back so you said you were going to pinch yourself i didn't know it was that kind of show now i mean if you guys are in the privacy of your own home if you want to do these things good how you doing chad hey johnny cool man what's going on we're ready to go or what uh, uh, hey man what's up guys this is homicide oh that's my homie homicide with a big homie club yeah that would be it hey this is david penzer and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling. And now... They bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Jazz, the two-man power trip of wrestling. like he's got most of the arm on the chin itself. It isn't at this point. Yeah. It's not a choke hold. Worley's still checking. He's uh, asking Rivera, how about it? How about it? <laughs> not right. much on those elbows. No. He's lost a lot of steam. Woo! Maybe not too much. Oh! Nice elbow there. Beautiful elbow. Down goes Rod. Oh, nice maneuver by Rod. Shoulder block, down the boat. This could be it. You got him. the leg. All right. Actually, a harder fought victory than I anticipated. A little longer than, yeah. Yeah. Credit to Matt Rivera. Well, he turned the fans on and lodged his crew with the entire action. All right, let's get the, the announcement. The time here. of the fall, eight minutes. Seven seconds, the winner, Johnny Rod! Oh, man, all right. Well, let's, uh, let's get it rolling into here, right here and right now. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling, brought to you today and powered by our good friends at the Figures Toy Company. Head on over to figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com and check out the unbelievable line of the rising stars of professional wrestling as well as the legends of professional wrestling action figure toy lines featuring stars such as our partner on the Triple Threat Podcast, the franchise Shane Douglas, Jim Cornette, Mikey Whipwreck, the Blue Meanie, Just Incredible, 
and so many more. There are over 30 different people to choose from in that action figure line, and you can find out every single one of them over at WrestlingSuperstore.com and FiguresToyCompany.com, and a little bit more about them in just a couple of minutes here. But if you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and as always, I'm joined by my tag team partner on the two-man power trip, the one and only... JP, John Paz, on today's show, we are welcoming in a WWE Hall of Famer and coming to us live and direct from Gleason's Gym down there in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, the one and only unpredictable Johnny Rods joining us. Yet another one of these rare gem interviews that uh, that JP can pull uh, out of his Rolodex, the unpredictable one, Johnny Rods, joining us for just that, a very unpredictable interview, but a fun one. And a lot of stuff covered and a lot of ground that we get to kind of tackle here in a guy you don't hear much from, but we're going to get in there. We're going to talk about guys that he's trained down in his, uh, in his knowledgeable spot there as a trainer to the stars, training guys like Bully Ray, training guys like Devon, and actually even having a hand in training Vince Russo in the wrestling business. There's uh, a lot of stuff to cover, talking about his career in Puerto Rico, talking about his career in the WWF, and uh, some pretty personal things as well. But it's just, it's one of these interviews that you're not going to hear from them often, but we were able to get a nice, good hour-plus interview out of Johnny Rods. John, as I welcome you in here now, I mean, I know Johnny Rods and you, you guys have had a lot of back and forths. I know he uh, kind of wants us to get down there to Gleason's gym. I don't know if he's uh, working us and wants to just get us in there to stretch us. But nonetheless, uh, it was a fun one and a great walk down memory lane yet again with one of these uh, rare gem legends that you're able to find. Oh, yeah. And to boot, a, a WWE Hall of Famer. So, I mean, I love getting Hall of Fame guys on the show as well. But you did mention something there. I do think he wants to get us down to Gleason. It's not for training. I think he does want to stretch us. So it's interesting. We had a little back and forth. I'm like, oh, you know, go down there and train. And I think he's got something dastardly in mind because he is unpredictable. And you truly will see that in this interview. You can't quite put a finger on him. You know what I mean? He's just too unpredictable, too hard to pin down. But as far as him and obviously his legendary career, you always leave back to his training and obviously you know we're talking about Gleason's gym and him training so many wrestlers you mentioned the Dudley boys also Taz Tommy Dreamer you said Vince Russo but you got Bill DeMott you got uh, Rocco Rock Kevin Matthews Damian Demento oh my god there's so a Matt Striker so many different guys that he's trained came through the pipeline and ended up on your TV screen somewhere, whether it's ECW, WWF, WCW, TNA, ROH, wherever. He has trained so many legendary guys and so many guys that had big-time careers. They owe a lot to him. So I just think that's part of his legacy for sure. We do also talk a little bit about Big Cass and kind of, you know, him almost alluding to the fact that he wasn't really surprised to see him fired based on some of his attitude and based on some of his training and based on some of the things that went down at Gleason's gym. So that's was getting a little bit of an eye-opener, a little bit of a cool story there. So definitely stick around and listen to that. I enjoyed that a lot. Um, also, just a funny thing that he mentioned, and I guess it's true, he says he's busier in retirement than he ever was because he was trying to retire and trying to, I guess, 
get away from the training. And now he's kind of doing it more than ever. And, you know, you call over to Gleason's gym, he's always over there training somebody. So it's pretty cool that, he, you know, for all these many, many years, he debuted all the way back in the early 60s so to see him still a part of the wrestling business and still a big part of the wrestling business it's pretty damn cool chad oh it's awesome and we'd go all the way back early in his career and, and talking about breaking in but also talking about the role that he played in the career of rowdy roddy piper which i think is very cool because there's kind of that hall of fame connection and piper always credited rod's back when they were out in the Pacific Northwest and, and California together on how he was such a, a veteran presence and really helped mold Roddy Piper uh, to what we'd end up seeing down the road with Piper. And it's almost like maybe that's where the initial training phase was for Johnny Rods. And, and to name all those names that you had, and you really cover a whole huge, huge group. Uh, of superstars going all the way up to Big Cass. And, yeah, I agree with you. I wanted to mention that. I was very surprised with uh, with his comments and kind of alluding to the fact that maybe uh, what, what happened with Big Cass in the WWE, maybe that wasn't that big of a shock. But, hey, nonetheless, he did come through Gleason's gym. You got to be, I guess, on the tougher side of tough to get through some of Johnny Rods' training, get through Gleason's, get through Brooklyn. Uh, especially where Gleason's gym is, even though Brooklyn's changing. Gleason's gym's still in the tough part of town, so they say. But, hey, listen, this is going to be another fun one. And, John, before we get rolling into it, why don't you give us another one of these great WWE Network recommendations because we can go all the way back to some of those MSG matches, some of those great matches he had in the early days of uh, championship wrestling uh, out there in Allentown, Pennsylvania. But where are you going to send us for a WWE Network recommendation? Yes, Chetty Boy, WBNetwork.com slash TNPT for your free month of the WB Network. And think about this. There's so many different big Johnny Rods matches, whether you realize it or not. So if you go to the WB Network, just type in Johnny Rods. I would just search through, look for maybe a match with Bruno San Martino or, or Pedro Morales, two big-time former WWF world heavyweight champions and huge, huge stars, excuse me, WWF. He's even has a championship match for the IC title. A couple of them against Pat Patterson, maybe seek those out. A 1980 WWF world title match against Bob Backlund. A 1985 WWF world title match against Hulk Hogan. So there's many different options I'm giving you out there to check out Johnny Rods. Lots of great stuff from the Hall of Famers. So that is WWE Network. Work.com slash GMPT for your free month of the WWE Network. That's right. You can still take advantage of that free month with the WWE Network and the two-man power trip. It's always uh, a great little addition to your uh, viewing repertoire. If you don't have the WWE Network, obviously, and you're a fan, you're listening to the show, I don't know uh, why you haven't taken us up on it already. Take that free month and run with it. But as you're running, why don't you take a run over to figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com. Wrestlingsuperstore.com is legitimately the biggest wrestling figure website you're going to find on the internet. If you're a collector, you're going to be able to type in and search every single wrestling figure you can want to find. Whether it's going all the way back to the 80s and the LJNs through today and the classic superstars and the legends of Mattel and these elite figures... You will find it at WrestlingSuperstore.com. 
Com, but I want to really focus on figurestoycompany.com where you'll find their rising stars of professional wrestling line as well as the legends of professional wrestling line. And I mentioned Shane earlier and I'm always going to leave with Shane because we love that figure and that figure means a lot to both the two-man power trip show as well as the triple threat show. But coming soon you have Francine added into the fray and just released on the rising stars of professional wrestling side you have Trent Beretta. Jeff Cobb, and Cole Cabana, which Cole Cabana has two really cool poses. So why don't you go over there, check those out today, and uh, hopefully you'll see in the next coming weeks we have a promotion coming yet again. We're going to be giving away another great Figures Toy Company figure. I'm not going to reveal which one it is. We will be doing that on the Triple Threat Podcast, which if you're listening to this now, we kind of had to do a little bit of a schedule flip, which is okay because Shane is gearing up for a huge trip to Australia in the next uh, week or so, and he's got some travel things he's going to accommodate us with an episode later in the week, so we'll uh, get that rolled out here very nicely, so we thought we'd hit you with some Johnny Rods, and we would be just as unpredictable as he is, so we want to thank Johnny Rods for coming on the show, and uh, all the best to him and continued success, and we will be sure to send John there with a bow on to get stretched, uh, aka just come and visit, but really get stretched, so... Take advantage of that, John, while you can, because uh, I think uh, maybe you and uh, maybe you and Johnny can go one on one after this interview. You guys had a good back and forth, so I don't know. Let's get ready for this now. Let's hit him with some two man power trip of wrestling business, and let's get this one on over to the WWE Hall of Famer himself, the unpredictable Johnny Rods. Now for some TMPT business, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr. Glenn Kane, Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, a man who spent 20 years in the WWF. He is a WWF Hall of Famer class of 1996. He is the unpredictable Johnny Rods. Please enjoy.
to be uh, hopefully living up to the expectations. So joining us on the line tonight here on the two-man power trip is a man known as being unpredictable as well as a wild man. He is a WWE Hall of Famer class of 1996, a four-time WWC World Tag Team Champion, a trainer to the stars, and coming all the way from Gleason's Gym in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, the one and only Johnny Rods joins us this evening. Mr. Rods, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. I'm here. Uh, it is what it is. <laughs> hey, I say beautiful Brooklyn, New York, because I'm a Brooklyn boy, born and raised, so uh, very happy to speak to uh, somebody down there in Brooklyn. Well, I tell you, where we are now at Gleason's Gym, that area is called Jumbo, and it's uh, one of the, well, I guess it's one of the biggest and the uh, busiest area now for tourists because it's crazy. You can't even drive through. It's it's it's, it's really 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 busy. It became a a real uh, tourist area. So uh, it's Brooklyn again, you know. Brooklyn always the center of the universe. You know, everybody always they migrated to Brooklyn for years, and now they're coming back in style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one of those places. It's by the water and it's going cuckoo. But uh, I've, been, I've been around there for about 33 years and it's getting better and better and better. So I'm very happy with it, even though it's a pain in the neck to find parking. But, uh, you know, if you know the area, you, you, you go run around for an hour, you'll find one. <laughs> yeah, you find me a borough where you can find parking, and I'll give you uh, I'll give you a million bucks because that's like that's obviously the most important thing about New York. You can't find a spot anywhere. Well, I'm glad I live uh, away from from Brooklyn because uh, I lived in Brooklyn for quite a while, but uh, I got away from there. You know, but we we talk about Gleason's gym, and obviously, you know, the list of guys that have come through your doors and and have trained to become wrestlers. Obviously, the names. Hall of Famers, without a doubt, obviously the Dudleys, and then you got guys like Tommy Dreamer and Taz and Bill DeMott and, and Matt Stryker, and you got so many people that went on to do a lot of great things in the business, and your career in itself is an unbelievable career, starting out uh, going all over the world as Java Rook, and then your unpredictable Johnny Rods here in the New York, New Jersey area with the, the WWWF, you know... Have you seen the business evolve to where you thought it would at this point? I mean, you see the new kids coming in and what they want to do in terms of wrestling versus maybe what they did 25 years ago. But where do you see the business at these days? Well, I tell you what, I was in Bay Roof time, and this is a rod time. So if it goes, if it comes to the idea of making money, and then you can get in. So a rod time is a good time. Uh, Bay Roof time. That's when I was in, and it was a beautiful time, and everything was great, but like I said again, it was a, a Bay Ruth time. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, 100%, and that's almost... Uh, it's well, Bay, Ruth, Bay, Ruth, Bay Ruth were lucky if we made uh, 100000 a year when A-Rod makes $100 million a year. So I don't know which one will you pick to be in the business. It's a hard, it's a hard pick, honestly, because if you're a you know true grit pro wrestling fan, you want to go back to the Babe Ruth time because that's the classic. They're the ones, they're the foundation layers, the brick layers, if you will. And you know, you look at today, yeah, there's a lot more exposure, there's big money, there's a lot of opportunities. But I guess it's really to each their own. But you know, on this show, you're going to see people leaning more towards that Babe Ruth era. You got that right because uh, it was what it, it is. What it is then. And that's where it was. 
and uh, it will never die. Only, I'm sorry to say, but we die, and uh, we're not too many of us. I mean, I could, I, one of my, uh, one of the best just died the other day, which is Mr. Saito. Mr. Saito, one tough guy, one, one hell of a worker. I had great matches with him, and uh, a real, a real gentleman, and, uh, class through the business. And uh, they're going, they're going, and one by one. It's like everything else. And uh, I guess it is what it is with the business, like everybody, like every other business. Only that uh, today it's all. Listen, it's all computed, like everything else, you know. It used to be telephone, telegraph, telewrestler. Now you uh, Instagram, Twitter, and uh, Facebook. Uh, it is what it is. It's not going to change. It's only going to go further and further and further, uh, all the way to the moon. And, and they've been to the moon already, so now we got to go to Jupiter. And I don't think we're getting there because it's too, in Jupiter, there's too many uh, wild uh, tornadoes. Uh, that's that's the planet with the, all the all the action. Now we don't know if the action's in the inside or it's in the outside. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's a great point. And you know, and obviously we talk about it, Babe Ruth. You know, with Bruno San Martino passing away earlier this year again, it's another link. Like you said, the the past links. You know, everybody's getting older. Obviously, things happen. Uh, unfortunately, Mr. Saito the other day, but it's the preservation of what we've got here in 2018 that is helping educate either young fans or young guys trying to get into the business to watch you guys and learn because, like I said, we are old school. We like to watch what you guys did back in the day and see it, and it's so much more authentic and genuine. And the guys that you brought into the business obviously kind of reflect what you taught them, and it's cool to see that somebody like Bubba and Devon went on and they did uh, their own academy, and they're trying to teach people what you taught them. So do you think that you guys are probably – one of the more important links in the chain is that you're training the guys that are now training the next generation. Uh, you got that right. Uh, I, what happens with me is that I, when I when I started doing it, I mean, I wanted to box. I want to be a boxer. I love boxing. And uh, when I was 13, 14, and sneak around the boys' club or PAL or... YMCA and wind up with a bruise or two in my face. And when I get home, I wind up with two more because mama, mama was an old timer, <laughs> uh, Indian woman that she uh, would love to pray all the time. And she, she loved to watch wrestling, but yet she wanted you to be, I don't know, something, you know how the old mama is. So I, I went, if I wind up with boxing and I couldn't get in it because I get the beating both sides, and I did jujitsu, and then I did uh, a little bit of this and a little bit of that uh, as a youngster. And uh, being born in the island of Puerto Rico on the hills and being raised down in Little Italy in Mulberry Street, I call it born in the hill and raised in the country jungle and uh, growing up there for years and years. And I didn't get out of the uh, Low East Side in uh, Little Italy until I was uh, 1976. After I was Java Rook because I was had a life and two kids. And, and the funny thing about it is that you you want to survive, you want to continue, you want to 
go through the years with the same, uh, you know, without breaking the uh, string on the guitar, but, uh, you know, when I play, keep playing the, the same guitar, but what happens is you don't know what's going to happen between trying to survival. And 1976 was a big, big year for me. I was number one in the world, winning the 22 men battle royale in Los Angeles, which you have to do something with the labels and Vince McMahon, senior. I got over with it. I was able to do it, but uh, life is funny, you know. Life, Jesus Christ, got you written, so you can you can't beat that. And I wind up coming home from LA. Wind up getting divorced. Starting a, a new route of life. Uh, it's a funny thing that, like I said before, the big man upstairs has a, a good map for you. And you can't change it because life is life. Life belongs to the big man. But if if it's if it's the kind of life that it's going to be, it's going to be. And I'm not sorry because I have a. I'm happy today. I have a good life. I have two 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 marries, and, and it's, they're all both good. And, and uh, I'm still in it. I'm. I think I'm one of the oldest wrestling club in the whole East Coast of. Of the, east side, of the East Coast, because I don't call it a wrestling school. I don't like to hear that name, wrestling schools, because I don't know what a wrestling school is, because I was I was a youngster, 16, 17, and we had a club of 25 characters, and we all chipped in to pay the rent. We all chipped in to clean the ring. We all chipped in to pay the, the lights. We all chipped in to do everything, and... Uh, Everybody was trying. Everybody thought they were going to make it. Um, no one uh, uh, say what well, I'm going to say that I was the the, the 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 smartest one, but I was the only one that made it out of that club. They were all actually half of the guys were all bigger than me, and stronger, and yet it's all about discipline. I I learned the, the discipline from a couple of characters that I was pretty lucky to get bounced around. I'm going to mention one man that was a great wrestler, and that's Carl Gotch. I could say I had the pleasure of having to be in the ring with him and uh, go home with the, the skin in my knees, uh, which I had to cut the, the skin with the scissor because it's torture. Or when I got a cauliflower ear and I had to go get the blood out and something like that and always come back for more. Uh, Frank Martinez, I don't know if you guys want to hate the name, used to be an old boxer, Puerto Rican fellow, became a wrestler. He, he was also a great mentor. Uh, Gypsy Joe was with me. Uh, Kevin Sullivan was at the, the club for a couple of months with us in Brooklyn. And those years were the greatest years that I'm never going to forget. Getting getting grind on the floor, on a, not never mind a ring and a mat. And I don't mean a clean, nice... Uh, fancy blue or yellow or green or, or blue mat like they have smooths today with the name in the middle. We're talking about a, just a plain white canvas, real raw, thick like they used to make them. And you stay in there for an hour, you're, you're going you're gonna to go home with the skin on your elbows and your knees. And, uh, you know, no matter what size you are, uh, you're going to be a tough, a tough character for the, for the game. You start as a tough guy, and then you learn the game as a business. And if you get involved with such a great uh, 
thinking of uh, a promoter like Vince McMahon Sr., who was a real gentleman in the game. He was one of the best ever. Uh, I guess it is what it is because it's known today, but the, the brand of the company is still there. Whatever he built, uh, the son has it. That's one of the biggest in the world and the only biggest in the world. And uh, uh, beat everybody else, but it is what it is. It's a monopoly. Uh, all business is a monopoly because this is the way it is. It doesn't matter if it's Facebook or Twitter or whatever is going on or Google. You see, you see what the businesses are like today. If this is modern time. Like I said all the time, I was born in the hills, raised in the country jungle, at a certain time with the good time with the hip, uh, you know, with the rock and roll. And the good years with the good music, I was brought up in the best time of, the, of my life, and uh, not sorry about it. I love it. I, I enjoy. I enjoy that. I enjoy the, 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 all the way through now. And now, uh, all I have to do is enjoy the rest of the time it is. And if I can get these guys, uh, out of ten, one makes it. I'm happy because it's not for everybody. But I'm fair. I'm not prejudiced to somebody who walks in there just because they're small or because they can't speak well or because they can't, uh, they, they don't understand math or, or whatever it is. And I don't care what color they are. I like to talk to them, give them interviews, sit them down and let them know that it's not about joining in and paying a couple of dollars and saying I'm going to be a pro wrestler and somebody has a magic wand. This is something that I that I treat everybody the same and I make them understand you want to get in it, you'll get in it. You don't want to get in it. Don't even bother because it's, it's either one way or the other. You give it a try and you find out if it's good for you or not. Uh, you have to have a club with discipline. You don't just go in there and do a little workout and walk around with a, with a bottle of water or, or, or your, your phone in your hand or, I don't know, music in the ears. and I don't know. It's, I keep it the way it used to be, and that's the only way you're going to make it because discipline. Today, they want you educated. They don't want some dummy that doesn't know how to count because today they need commercials, and if you're a good uh, superstar, well, you can see what happens. You have to go to a talk show. You have to be a gentleman to sit there and know how to speak and how to be able to behave for the company to say, we got a star. It's a little different. Uh, I can understand that. But still, you got to go to the grind. If you don't go to the grind, because you'll have to perform. Uh, they, I think that the ones that don't, they're not that smart up there. They wind up doing all the high spots and all that. I don't know. You can call it whatever you want to call it. The Ucha Libre high spots or I don't know the suplex from the top of the rope, some of the things that don't make sense to me, but I, I don't, and I want to say it doesn't belong there because if they do it and they allow it, and then they have the ones, see, it's a pyramid. They have the one in the bottom, they have in the middle, and one, the ones on top. You got it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So it's very, uh, it's, it's not monopoly, but it's very much into uh, the modern time of uh, uh, fancy stuff and uh, music. We never walk in there with music. 
now it's a lot of sports and promotion. Uh, you, you have to have fancy stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, if the fans, if the modern fans could could receive it and they and they could sell out, well, who's to argue? I don't know. You tell me. Uh, so what's going through your head while you're in that camp and you're, you know, like you said, you're, you're trying to persevere past some of the adversity. You're trying to overcome some of these, uh, you know, these tough days and, and a rigorous training. What's going through your head in terms of the survival uh, of getting through a camp like that? I don't, I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm what you call a, I'm a, I'm a performer. I'm a natural performer. I, I was born to, to use my mentality to, entertain even if it's just even if i want to go and do something uh, have a nice time then i have to have a nice time if i'm having a nice time i want the people in front of me or whatever it is also to have a nice time uh the game once i was in the game i knew how to get those people across i knew how to get them of the, I, I know how to get their attention. I don't need, I don't even need the, the wrestler on the other side. I could, I could get their attention just to argue with the referee or just to pick somebody in the audience and point, point the finger to somebody in the audience. And, and there, there's, there's 10,000 in front of me. And I point my finger and I said, why are you laughing over there? Why are you, wait, you don't like my face? Are you making fun at me? And that one character who I didn't point at him, I just said it and point that way, it could have been anybody, he started yelling back and says, what, 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 did I, did I talk to you? Yeah, you talked to me. And then somebody else said, I was talking to that guy next to you. <laughs> Now I got two. Before I know, I got 10,000 and all yelling and screaming and whatever, they're, they're having fun. And then I turn around and go to the other corner. There's four corners in the ring. I can use anyone I, I want. And I could go to the other one. I said, now everybody wants to join that character over there. Well, I tell you what, I'm going to go over there and sit with you, and we're going to entertain the rest of the house. Meantime, my opponent is sitting there with the fist on the air once so it hit me, and I could tell the referee, what the heck is you so excited about it? <laughs> well, well, I didn't touch him yet. I, I'm not even, I don't care. I just want to know what these guys are hollering about. Before you know, it's amazing that I could get the whole crowd going and I haven't taken a bump yet. You can't get better than that. If you, if you could do that, then you deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. The pro wrestling Hall of Fame, that is. Yeah, absolutely. And you think about it, you know, I, I hate to, they did a little more flagrantly, but you look at the Dudleys when they were in their heyday in ECW and they did that same thing, albeit a little more colorful in terms of the language, but you can see where, That kind of psychology is used in uh, in a way to not even to have the fans in the palm of your hand before you even do anything, and that is what you see is, is so reflective. I, I I thought those guys quite a bit of head work, and they it wasn't easy for them to start. They they went through a grind, uh, no different than Billy Mott, and no different. Uh, look at the big cast. Uh, he came to me, and I, you know what I told big cast when he came to me. Uh, and you know who I'm talking about, right? Yep, absolutely, yep. Okay, now, this, this kid came to me before he graduated, finished school or college. He says, uh, Mr. Rods, and walk into my office, and Mr. Rods, uh, I would like to talk to you about go wrestling, blah, 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 blah. And he walks in with a big, big hero sandwich. 
a subway that you call, and a big, big, the biggest soda you could, and I could smell that thing halfway down the, the, the gym, and the gym is half a block long, a block long, and I could smell the damn thing coming in. I said, boy, and then finally he walks in, there it is. You know, they put a lot of oil in that thing, and uh, he sits down and he wants to know, uh, he didn't eat all day. He says he wanted to come see me, so he says, you don't mind if I could have this sandwich and I'll talk to you. I said, no, you could have it. Sit in the corner there, you can have it. Now, if one of my boys walk in or any of the members walk in, I'm going to give you a little hot time, like I'm going to start chewing, chewing your head up because you're eating the sandwich in my office. You know why? Because that's one of the lessons that you walk and my man with a freaking sandwich and a big soda like that, and you tell them you want to be in the restaurant business, they'll throw you out the, out the door because now you don't have no discipline. Uh, it's funny that, you know, he walks in and tells me that he wants to talk to me about it. As soon as he graduates two weeks, he's going to go to, to, to Florida for another two week on vacation. And when he comes back from Florida, he wants to join up so he could be a wrestler because he tried football and he tried basketball. He says, I don't know. I think I, I love wrestling. Well, I said, well, only you could say it and only you could do it. I can't tell you anything. My interview is going to be this, 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 and this. And one of the lessons that I teach you is that you try to obey the order that I have for you to be disciplined enough to to be able to have enough discipline that they don't see that you have a little class for the game and uh, and, 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 and toughness for, 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 for doing what, what we want. And uh, he went away, he come back. Uh, I'm going to say a year later, my striker who was running around the gym all the time because he likes to train, he comes back and he trains with the guys and he likes to introduce them to different areas. He, he, he's one that actually helped them pop into the place and get calls. And, and well, I don't know what the story is with him now because I heard some things that uh, he got fired or something happened. But, you know, who the heck knows? Maybe they're working some kind of angle or something. I have no idea. But, look, he walked in. He did what I, what I, what I asked him to do. I said, you're a big boy. You're educated. You're a college kid. You're smart. You, you, you know, you got size. You, you need to work, you need to break your butt, and maybe, maybe you can get lucky enough to get signed in. Well, he did, he did. You know, everybody cannot just say it and do it, but he's one of them. I mean, he's tall, he's a good-looking kid. What's happening now, I have no idea. That's not my business. All I know is I heard something, he got fired, something happened. It could be also a workout. It could be some kind of a gang they're playing. Who the heck knows? But you see, it's everybody has a beginning and everybody has an end in this game. And uh, they all got storylines. It's a rough, long, long, long trip of, of, of games. I mean, I travel so much up and down the road, especially here in New York and the East Coast. I mean, from Prescott, Maine to Virginia and from from Buffalo or Cleveland back to, uh, to, 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 to Boston, uh, all over the place, like a, like a yo-yo, day in and day out, rain or shine, snow, no snow. And uh, 
we didn't, you know, we didn't have the pleasures of flying all over the place like these guys today. It was a little different. We drive all over the place. We we we, we get into a, a car. Sometimes, uh, in the big cars, you see six wrestlers in the car traveling like 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 brothers. Uh, you know, we're with the best brothers, and we have the best habits. Uh, they, they, everybody knows everybody. We know each other's habits. Uh, we could, we could, we could joke to each other. We could, we could do anything better than you could do with your own brother and sister because that's the name of the game, and uh, that's the most beautiful thing that we had in in our time. I don't know if they have it today, but we had it in our time. We could, we could joke and call each other names, we just like, like like brothers and things. We were like brothers, so I don't know what they have today. I don't know if they still have it. I doubt it, but the difference is you get in today, you're a star, you're, you're, you're a star, you're making money. Uh, I don't know. Uh, if they're making money today and they're smart enough to, to survive, they can save it. And if an hour dying, you know, you move from territory to territory, uh, it's, it's not easy to move your family all over the place, uh, take them out of school, put them in there, go to a different place. Uh, we had a rough time. So we're the, you're right, you're 100% job, you're, we're the pioneers, the real baby crackers and uh, whatever you want to call it, we, we are. I ask the kids, you know who baby Crockett is? They tell me no. Well, I sing the song, Davy, Davy Crockett, Wild Frontier. <laughs> you see, I was born in the hills of Puerto Rico and raised in the country jungle. And I asked them who Philly the Cat is. They don't know who Philly the Cat I asked them who's Hardy Duty. They don't know who Hardy Duty is. <laughs> so you see, I, I said, you don't know Hardy Duty? No. You see, so this is the way it goes, you know. They, I try to teach them. Uh, that kind of discipline, the mentality is that I said, always search the history of your pioneers or the game that you want to be in. So this way you can respect it a little more. It gives you a little more strength. So, I mean, that's, you know, that's pretty, uh, th- it's a little bit of an age gap, I guess, with the guys who are, you know, even 10 plus years younger than us, but not to know how to do it. I mean, come on, that's, uh, that's a national treasure right there. Uh, if there ever was one, but I got to touch on quickly and I know, it, it, it's hard to sum up, but as the Arabian wild man, Java Rook, I first, I first discovered that incarnation of your wrestling career by reading Roddy Piper's book and getting to learn a little bit more about Roddy Piper's background. Well, well you know, it's funny. Uh, you talk about Roddy Piper and you know Roddy Piper better than you know me, right? Well, I mean, I know you from watching you for years, but obviously, you know, Piper is in the fabric of. Uh, I'm going to ask you. I'm going to ask you one question. How old are you? I am 36. God bless you. Thank I, you. At 36, when I was 36 and 37, I met my my, my wife today that I met when I got after I got divorced. That's 43 years now, and uh, uh, wow, yeah. you see. Uh, in 1976, this senior asked me if I wanted to go to L.A. and become the other sheep. Because I don't know if you guys know the story that L.A. with the Lavelles, 
They had the, uh, the the original sheik, not the iron sheik, that used to be there doing for years up and down, doing the uh, the gimmick, right? Right. If you know if you know the history of the uh, of that area, so the thing is that the houses were down because too much of the same thing, uh, meaning too much blood or too much of the same gimmick, and the character kind of people gonna get bored and the houses are down no matter how much high spots they do. If if they want the same character because whatever it is, I don't know, they have a stubborn head that they always did that. They they take one character out and they bring the other character out with the same gimmick for whatever reason. I don't know the old timers they had that habit. But uh before I was Javaruk in LA I could tell you a little story, and uh, now you know I'm Puerto Rican, right? Right. Okay. If I'm Puerto Rican, how the heck can I be a sheik? How can, how can I be an Arab? <laughs> a little bit of magic. Okay. Good. Good. Now, I like when you laugh because that's good. Now, I'm going back, way back, way back. I'm talking, you know... Maybe 65, 63, 62, uh, way back. And uh, Tony Newberry, remember the Mongols? Yes. Okay. Before the Mongol, not not the big guy, uh, Nikolai, not the big guy. I'm talking about the little guy that was from Canada. He came into New York. He had a pop belly. He was weight uh, 240 pounds. He wasn't making no money. We were driving up and down the road. And one day he says, I can't, I can't believe this shit. You're making 25, 50 bucks with no rain in the snow. And then uh, Bruno Sammartino had the territory in Pittsburgh, remember? Right. Okay. And he says, you know what? I want to buy. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make some money, and I'm going to buy Bruno's territory, and I'm going to be coming from all the... And we're in the car, coming down, having a, a Howard Johnson sandwich or hamburger, and, you know, that's all we can look at afford. And uh, I said, don't forget, when you're a promoter, I want you to book me and put me over, okay? And he said, oh, yeah, I promise you I will. We're joking. The funny, the funny thing about it is that this, this man stayed here for a while, disappeared, goes back to Canada, comes back. When he comes back, they come back like a, it, oh, he was like 260 and uh, with the bald head like a Mongolian with the other guy with the fur or the big fur in their necks and, and the, the, he made nothing but money as an attack team with the other guy. Now he made nothing but money. Enough money that he kept his promise and bought the territory from Bruno. I don't know if you guys know this. No, I didn't know that. The funny thing about it is that I said to him, hey, honey, you know, let me ask you, remember when you said that you were going to buy a territory and I was going to, you were going to look at me and make me, uh, you know, a hero on TV? He says, shit, yeah, but I don't want you as Johnny Rocks and we're in Pittsburgh on TV. And uh, the day that we're on TV in Pittsburgh, and that's his first TV thing going he says, I don't want you as Johnny Rods. I don't want maybe an Arab. An Arab, but I got JR in, the, in my trunks. And uh, I don't have a gimmick for the head. Well, 
<clears throat> we stole we stole one of the blankets from the hallway from the girls, and we cut it in a triangle. And I'm pretty good sewing, and I always carry I was taught the right way. I always carry a needle and thread of every color. I always carry something. That little package would carry things. So in case I get in trouble on the road, I could always sew my pants. And I wind up coming with a scissor. I wind up crisscrossing it. I wind up taking a little something red and roll it around and, and tie it up and put it in the hand. Made, made, made my headpiece. Now I have the uh, the uh, the JR in my pants on my trunks. So I don't want to. I, I don't know no other no other no other gimmick. So I said, well, what kind of name was it? Well, I start thinking about. It. JR, something, something funny, something that sounds Arab, Arab, I don't know. I said, maybe Java, maybe Java Rook, or maybe Java Rook. I like the Java Rook. So, okay, JR, so it's in the, it's in the trunks. Java Rook it is. Wow. Uh, TV, 10 minutes, I was at Java Rook. I did it in a pitch for the first time on TV. We did it for a while, a couple of spots, not not a lot. It wasn't over because they didn't put it over. They just wanted a different gimmick. But years passed, and one day Vince McMahon asked me in 1976, you want to go to Pittsburgh and be the next the next uh, sheik, and you're going to go for the Battle Royale, which is 22-man Battle Royale. If you win it, you're the best. You're the number one in the world, right? Because that's in those days that was the WrestleMania. Every every tournament they can have it from every territory would go into uh, into uh, every year with the Lavelles, and it was a twenty-two member royal. And anybody that wins it gets to work with every promoter that wants you. You can make a lot of money. I went there and I got it. The funny thing about it is that I don't speak Arab. And I can't make no promos. I can make them in English, but if you really want to do the gimmick, you got to go all the way. You got to really be the the, the, the unpredictable one. And uh, I met Roddy Piper, a young guy, real young, real young. I got a picture. I got a picture of him and him and I uh, in the, my my office. And none of the kids recognize him because you can't even you can't even see his chest because he had no chest. <laughs> and anyway, he was just a young guy trying to make it in the business from Canada. Uh, young fellow with that one, with not, not even papers. He was he was bored. He was ready to quit and go home and drive a truck. I, I snatched him. I said, "Hold it, hold it, there, fella." I says, "You got you got talent. You got a big mouth. You could play the music." I says, "I want you." I want, let's go to the office. Let's find out if these guys could make you my manager. We could we could kill these people. I said you play the flute, and uh, you could say you could say that uh, you're gonna dominate the Arab. They're always the Scottish and the English always dominate the Arab. I said the, I, the history of, of time. If you read it, that's the way it was years ago. So I figured let me see if this works. I go to the office one day. They don't want to hear about it. And so they face, we're going to get your girl. I said, yeah, but, you know, okay, we didn't go. We go again next week, the same thing. They tell me no. All of a sudden, they call us, they call us and say they got a big idea. 
run a TV, you do 60 minutes, 60 seconds, a minute with him. I choke him to death. He'll quit, grab the mic, and say he'd rather switch than fight with this man. He became my manager. Big idea from the office. So Piper and I look at each other and say, wow, that's a great idea. And Piper was a very, very smart kid with the, when it came to the game. And uh, from there on, the rest was history. We got over like a million dollars. And uh, all I learned to say in Arab was halas. Halas means that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Stop. That's it. Halas. I know it perfectly because I study it perfectly. I, I had a robe, I had this, I had that. I had bought a, a, a carpet. I stopped praying on the east side of the corner of the ring. And uh, that's how people believe that you're a madman. Get over like a million dollars, you see? And then all I have to do is beat on the guy, put the hangman on them, something different, not like everybody else, then you get over. The only thing is, I wind up losing my spot because I wind up going home to get divorced. Remember the conversation started. You either take your family with you, or you move by yourself, it's, it doesn't work too much with family. You understand? Absolutely. And I feel like your career is just so you, crazy. Yeah, you see, so you see, I could years. talk all night. Yeah. I could talk all night about, I, I could talk all night by saying, question you asked me before when you said, what do I think about the business yesterday, the business today? Well, it's still the same in, 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 in that reason. Whether they make a million dollars, they're still going to have to have families, they're human beings, these guys. They, 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 they have to have a life like that, you know, where they got families. They, they can't be home all the time. They're miserable. They're running around miserable. Whether they fly, whether they have a, a Rolls Royce, it doesn't matter. Uh, are we still in there? Yeah. Still with me? Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. No, because I heard the phone peep, peep, and then it, it, it's okay. It's just that since I'm on my cell phone, I make sure that I lock it in with the turbo. Otherwise, it might run out, you know? But yep. uh, I'm going back I'm going back to when I say the time you ask me a big question, and for me to answer a big question like that, I have to go through a long row to, to, come, to find out. That, that it's still the same in the fact that a family... We're human beings, and we're not animals, or we're not the robots, we're human beings who's married, who has kids, wife, it doesn't matter. You can't go to a territory, if you live in New York and you've got to go to California, well, either move your family or leave them behind so you can get started. I don't know. It works and it doesn't work. Out of, out of, uh, out of 10, you might have heaven. Have more than half wind up uh, the turmoil of family life. You understand? So I don't know if I'm speaking right. I'm just speaking the truth. And the truth, it's, I, I don't care. Anybody who doesn't, uh, the business is it's just like any other. It's hard work. And it's not easy. It's like any other, any other, uh, like a salesman who has to travel, like a, a trucker. They have a, the truckers have a miserable life on the road. Rain or shine, family, married—that doesn't matter. They—they they have to be on the road, day in and day out. 
sleeping on the road. So it's not an easy life. And it wasn't that easy then. It might be a little easy. I don't know if it's real easier now, uh, but I, I, I know quite a few fellows that are in business and, and they're doing it because they're making the money. But once you're in it, the flavor of want to be in the business. You know that the independent, these guys are killing each other all over the place. I never, on my time, very rare you see any independent clubs. And if there was one, they kept it a secret because if the company knew that you were giving it away or something, you might even get fired. Today, everybody knows K-Fave. I don't know what K-Fave is still. Yeah, it's true. K-Fave kind of, uh, kind of dead for a little bit there. But I have to mention. Well, nobody, to tell you the truth, nobody, know, I, I, nobody knows K-Fave. The friends don't know what K-Fave Nobody knows what K-Fave is. They don't know. Uh, is that to you, Zani? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think that one went over our head. <laughs> you you tease up tease, honey? No. You, do you? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you smell so tease up or smell so cigars or anything? No. <laughs> you think tease here? A reason? No. I gotta get I gotta get my Google Translator out for that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. <laughs> Google there is. There is no Google in the world that could translate that. <laughs> That's older than actually that, that that language is older than water. Actually, it's, it's the oldest the oldest language in the history of uh, of, of entertainment. Uh, only the uh, only the circus people use it in the burlesque girls and the mafia too. But uh, with us, secret language. We can't Excuse me. Secret language. Well, it it, it is it, uh, the, the the it's all the all the uh, marks today. They walk around. Uh, I mean, the <laughs> the last week there was somebody said uh, on uh, it was on Facebook. I just went over it, and uh, they said. Oh, what the heck did Johnny always get a quick count on, uh, you know, on the ring, you know, and uh, a quick uh, whatever count. I says, uh, I got a quick count all the way to the Hall of Fame. I, I reply. And I got a whole slew of replies. And every one of them was off to me on top, not putting me down. And it was the right answer because... Whoever did it was a regular fan who appreciate my work, and that's why I heard back like that. And uh, that wasn't kayfabe. That's that's the real truth. And uh, it's funny. Uh, another guy would say, "Why? What the? Yes, it's in the Hall of Fame because he's a heel fan. You know, he he enjoys me being a heel." And uh, winning or losing to him wasn't important. It was just he hated my guts because I was a good performer against him. His mind, I could kill that guy's mind. The one that says, he, what is he a Hall of Famer? He, he, he don't beat nobody. You know, he's uh, this and that. He, he, he did too many jobs. Uh, okay, great. 
I love it. <laughs> I can have a. I want to have a million friends like that. I'd be main event all the time. <laughs> now we're getting into the cafe business. <laughs> hey, you got yeah. it. Yeah. You see, it's so it doesn't matter which you, way you go. You don't know what nobody knows what cafe is because if you if everybody knows cafe, then Vince McMahon would be a poor man today. He won't have a business. So you see, yeah. we're getting to the we're getting a good answer here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yep. And it's funny you can't yeah, really question be, you be, being be all going, favor, going out, in the if everybody knew Kate Faber, he'd be getting out they'd be going out of business right away. Now <laughs> <laughs> yeah. now no, that's a good one. I, I gotta remember this one now. Because <laughs> I teach a lot in my office with the boys. I sit about ten 12 at the same time, and we talk. We don't go in the ring to take bumps. They they, they know how to take bumps. I, I, I have my own role. I have my own wheel of training. And uh, coming Nick and Harry, who, who comes in and learns something, have to pass it on to the new members. If they can't pass it on to the new member, then they, they don't have to learn anything. So uh, if you're training and you can't pass it on to a new member, introduction, uh, give them introduction. Then what the heck have you learned? And, and a year and have a year or whatever. You have. We have a wheel. And if anybody gets off, uh, any spoke gets twisted, the wheel starts shaking. So I train like that. This is the way we train. We we we, we don't we work together. The ring gets dirty. They all got to clean it. The last guy that leaves has to put the sign in, on the ring so nobody else gets in there and dirty it. You know, we, we have to we have to learn the game. The discipline of the game is what makes the the product, and that's the way. Hey, I you had a twenty it. year run in the WWF, which is crazy to think. Started in '65, ended in 1985. What was it like in New no, York? At that, no, that no, time? no, no, no. Did you say I started in '65? Yeah, in the WWF twenty year run. No, I started. When I when I when I went to the office and and knock when I knocked in the door to try to get a job it was on 54th Street in Broadway in Manhattan and that was in 19 that was beginning of 1958. Oh wow! I know, so even in, longer. The beginning that. of 50, the beginning of 59, and I just I got torn out of school. I went to Chelsea Automotive and I got kicked out because I. I'm gonna say it out loud. I beat the hell out of three characters that tried to beat me in the bathroom. So I went into Oof. into the shop and kicked the shit out of them and I got my, my butt kicked out of my birthday. And I was on eighteen years old. At eighteen I was wrestling all over the place. All over the East Coast and you know, every club that it was and taking beatings from left and right. I did boxing, a little judo, a little grappling, a little this, a little that, but I, I, did, I thought I was ready for anything. I kept knocking on Nano School in the Golden Boys office until one day he gave me a substitute. He gave me a substitute around 1959 or, you know, in the middle there. And I was very young. And the next one, I was in Sunnyside Garden. Now, it was a month later, he says, uh, you're in second. What was your name again? I said, John Rodriguez, Johnny Rodriguez. 
He goes, oh, come on. I got another two Rodriguez. I got a Gibson Rodriguez. I got this Rodriguez. I says, come on, give me something. You got five minutes. You're on a second. So I says, damn, that's my name. What the heck? <laughs> I go over there and I got, I got a quick get a pen, pencil. I, I wrote Rodri. I wrote Rocky. I do Rod, R-O-D, Johnny Rod. And I said, shucks. Johnny Rod is short, and I like it, but Rod, just playing Rod, I don't know, sound too good to me. And, you know, you sometimes you have to use your brain. So I took and I said, you know what? R-O-D, Z, the Z of Rodriguez, put it over here, abbreviated, put a period on it. I figured, okay, so abbreviated into Rods. I go, how about Johnny Rods? I like it. Put it on. Well, that was it. Johnny Rods was born in Sunnyside Garden in Queens. I don't know if you guys know Sunnyside Garden. Right over to 59th Street Beach. You ever heard of that, that place? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I have heard of Sunnyside Gardens. Okay, so that's where I got my name. Then the next one was up in uh, Trenton, New Jersey. Okay. I mean, it wasn't commonly, uh, it took me a while before I, I get cold, you know, I was begging to get in. Then uh, the next, the, the fourth one, I was in the old garden, I was sitting on the stairs with my bag, because they always tell you, carry your bag with you if you're looking for work. And Arnold's calling says, you know, you got your bag? He says, yeah, well, we need a substitute. And I had to work with a kid that, Bruno Sammartino bought from Pittsburgh. And uh, he was 300 pounds, 6'4", a uh, state trooper officer that uh, did side work. And I worked in the old garden. And they put me over. When I went back home downtown to Manhattan where I live, my ears were touching the both sides of the, of, the, uh, of the buildings. That's how big my head was. But all the boys in the clubs that they, 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 my voice changed, my chest came up, my head got big, and uh, that was the beginning of that. We're talking, you'll have to go to my office to see the the, 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 the dates on the pictures of years ago. We're talking, you know, the 60s, and the, all the way back. So 1965, yeah, 1965, we were up and down the road. But I was in there before that. Uh, I was started very young. As a matter of fact, I cheated with the State Athletic Commission getting my license. Because I, instead of my certificate, I gave him my baptism certificate, which was the, the I was older. <laughs> 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 it, was wrong, it was the wrong date. <laughs> so I was, able, I was able to cheat to get a license to wrestle in New York. So, yeah. Uh, I don't mind saying it because it was a lot of fun doing it. I remember like now, and uh, and um, the Hall of Fame, uh, my Hall of Fame video, the one that the WWE made. I don't know if you guys have seen it. Um, uh, when I'm on the podium talking shit, getting my my ring and my thing, I explain mm-hmm. how how I I got into the game by knocking on the door. But you know, it's it's. Everybody gets in some way or another, but those days were easy. They didn't give you a tryout. They didn't test you. They just give you, uh, you know, so they needed a substitute. They needed a body. It didn't matter. You say you wrestle, and you were able to get in that somehow. 
to get not everybody got in. It was very hard. It wasn't easy at all. Not out of twenty five of us, I was the only one that made it out of the club. The rest didn't make it. And that's another story and I ain't gonna tell it. Because the boys made a mistake to those days. They uh, signed contracts that many have to sign and they never got into it. I didn't sign nothing. I didn't need to sign anything. You know, everybody has a storyline um, for this kind of a game. All I know is that I love the game. I love it then, I love it now. I don't enjoy, uh, I look at it, it's not like I can sit down and watch it to enjoy like a fan because I I will fall asleep. It's not it's not what the, it doesn't do nothing for me to but I I I love teaching it. I I I I I'm fair with everybody. I got a club that it's a lifetime membership, but you have to sit down and listen to the membership uh, for 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 joining. It's they got its rules. It's got everything. You you you're ready for it? This is a place. You're not ready for it. You can go any wrestling school you want and spend six months. If you could be in six months to be a wrestler or eight months for whatever you pay, you know, God bless you because I don't know how they could. I wish I knew how to do that. Then I could make a million dollars. But there's no way you could you could do six months training and become a pro wrestler. It's impossible. I don't know. You have to perform. So if you're in New York, I need a license. I need a doctor. I need insurance, I need a bond, I need everything to teach the game. I have all that because I'm in New York. I don't know in New Jersey what they do because I don't have not offensive area. But in New York, I've been in New York all the time, and you do need all the paperwork to be able to teach pro wrestling. Because you need to perform, so I have to do shows, and you have to have a license, you have to have everything that goes like everybody else. Especially now with the MMA, it's getting very hard for us to promote the game. And we, I do it at the club, so you get 125 or 150 people, but the boys sell a few tickets, they can perform, they can do the game that they came to do to find out if this is really what they want. You can't just do it, train for six months or a year, and say, I'm ready to be a pro wrestler. Uh, if I could do that, I'd tell you, I'd be Richard. The, the gym will give me the whole gym, and I put rings all over the place. There's about six, seven rings in the gym. The only wrestling ring is one, and uh, it's in the corner where we do, and it's perfect. And it's been there for 33 years. If you think about your run in WWF, is even longer than I thought it was, but. You were there for Bruno. You were there all the way through. Oh, yeah, yeah, COVID. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's yeah, a great yeah. run that you had there. It's just unbelievable that you were able to yeah, last. Yeah. You guys don't last Bruno, there five yeah, minutes, and then you were lasted there 20 years plus. Bruno and I had a <laughs> a little dispute in, uh, in at the Hall of Fame Hall, uh, I don't know how many years back, uh, quite a few years when we were there together. And I said, remember, hey, Bruno, remember 19 so and so when in 1958 we were there and you you were He goes, never mind, don't give, don't come up. You know, we argue about age and stuff like that because who, when we talk like that, he said, what the hell are you talking about how old I am? <laughs> so he said, now you you started you were here before me. I said, no 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 no, you 
Bullshit. I was in I was in Canada. I was over here when I came here. I just came here for for the for the business. Uh, you were already here. I think we were arguing about it. I said, "Damn, let's keep our mouth shut." <laughs> quite a few years ago, we're talking the old garden. I mean, we're talking years and years, and uh, that's okay. I'm not afraid. I'm, I'm not afraid to the, the, the people say my age. As a matter of fact, that they have it in. Uh, they have it out in the media. They have the wrong date. About they have me older than what I am. Because they they they're nincompoops. A lot of people don't know what the word nincompoop means. Well, you know, we're nincompoops, schmuck. Uh, you know, they're all the same. <laughs> but the only thing is, you can't ask Google because then Google will tell you something else. <laughs> Google will tell you what are you dummy. <laughs> I mean, I'm joking, but it's true. <laughs> I, I do this with my with my kids, you know, because they sit there, they're 20, they're 20, 18 years old, 17 years old, 30 years old. Man, I feel sorry for these guys. They they go to school, they finish. Who 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 went to school for this? Who went to school for that? I said, well, why do you want to be in the, in the wrestling business? Oh, I love this. This is what I want to do when I was four years old. Since I was four or five years old. I look and I said, you know, five years old, you don't even remember, you don't even know what your name is. Something you can remember since you want to be a wrestler since you're five years old. So now you see the mentality of, of these guys at the age that they are, 20, 21, 27, and they tell you they want to be in the wrestling business since they were seven years old, five years old. I have them all written down. And I said, no, Benito, I feel sorry for them. You know, bendito means you feel sorry. And I said, damn, I have to deal with this brain? Wow. Uh, what kind of work you do? Well, right now I'm not working. I was working on this and uh, and I'm looking for a job. I said, well, what happened to the studies that you do in school? Well, you know, I really, you know, I, well, I, well, I, they give me a song and dance. I said, oh, wow. I said, this, look at this. And uh, did you save any money to do this? Well, I want to know how much it is so I could get, oh boy, and you're what? I'm 27, okay. So you see what I, what you deal with? And you have them all over the place, all because there's a fan, there's a fan, they're fans. You know, they, they, they something they, they see and they think they can do because it looks very easy. Oh boy. So, hello? <laughs> Well, boy, are they wrong as far as it being something easy. But yeah. you, know, you mentioned I'm Bruno with- and MSG. Was that a really special place to wrestle in New York City at MSG with all those crazy wild fans? You mean uh, all Godly? Yeah, MSG, yep. Well, uh, I mean, you know, they they used to have Nick, San Nicolas Arena. They used to have Sonic Side Garden. Those are, they were smaller arena, but those were very famous arenas in those days. The garden was the the big the big kahuna, you know, eighteen thousand people. Now it's twenty two or twenty three thousand, you know, whatever the heck it is. Now they got the Buckley Center. Uh, they have those, and they have they, every 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 town, every every town, and every uh, you know whether it was Connecticut, whether it was Massachusetts, whether you had to go. So all the big the big places and all the little places, every 
school, every community center. You have to go seven days a week. So it was a little different uh, in the sense of uh, the way it was run. It was different, different runners, different promoters promoting lo local places. And Vince just had the talent, that's all. I mean, they worked together. Uh, the, the big houses, the big, the big arena, there's always a promoter there working with partners with Vince in, in the sense of who, what kind of business they did. Today is a little different. Well, today you know, it's only one, one character. I'm not losing you, right? No, 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 not at all. I was just thinking that, <laughs> in, that in that day, you know, to be able to kind of last there and, and, you know, your role within the company and what you did for so long with them, how would you kind of describe, you know, your role with WF and how you were able to stay there for so many years? How do you, well, I'm, I'm trying to get that one. How do I describe what? How do I stay in Yeah, your role. Like, most guys don't last there that long, and you lasted there for such a long period of time through so many different areas. Well, look, so it, it, it's, what it's, uh, well, I, it's, uh, I'm a neutral, okay? Like, let's go back to where I was born. I was born in Puerto Rico up in the hills. Okay, now that's a different story of what I am. I'm a, I'm a different character. Uh, not everybody is born like me that it becomes in the modern world and be able to talk about it uh, 70 years later or 50 years later, okay? Uh, I was born in the hills in Puerto Rico with nothing. Uh, they put me here when I was 11 years old. Moved right into the into the smack in, in the, on the low east side or down there on, on the corner of Mulberry and Houston Street with my with my aunt and my uncle. Who I don't have to tell you what Little Italy is like. I don't know if you guys know it or not, but that we're going back years. To be able to come from an island and you never went to school, not even the first grade not even in the second grade, not even in the third grade. You come here, by the time we settle, by the time we, my family, my father gets to go into uh, own apartment, a job, and the kids gotta go to school. So it's my brother, my sister, and my other brother. So now I said, how do, how do, how, 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 do you, how do you learn English? How do you learn the ABC, the, the timetable? How do, you, how do you get to go to school and they're going to take care of you as a special person that doesn't understand the language? There is no special uh, uh, learning. And then by the time that you went to school, instead of putting you in first grade because the kindergarten, you can forget about it, they put you on on the fourth grade at the age of 12. So now you just sit there with, a, with your pencil and a notebook and just look at the blackboard and, and have everybody laugh at you because it's gonna take a while before you can get around. If I tell that story, it would be a, 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 a four hour movie and then we have to go on a, a reset to have coffee before we go to the other half because it's a long, long story. That's why I could never write a freaking book because no, 
Now that the wrestling fans are going to understand that, why, why is it the unpredictable one has a story? Why can you make a book? What kind of book can you make? Sure, mankind can make a book. I told him if he, if he could take a beating that he was taking, jumping all over the place, he could go to Japan. I, I love the guy, but he's a different character. Uh, I mean, uh, we, we can't stop talking K-Fabe now because now we're getting to the, the nitty-gritty. How the heck I wind up in the wrestling business? How, do I, how the heck can I be uh, something different? It's the torture of growing up and not be able to get anything that was for me to, to, to wind up as a young fellow with, with a brain to wind up into a, uh, some kind of a job or something, some kind of life that had nothing to do with pro wrestling or boxing or anything. You know, on the neighborhood and, uh, you know, everybody's, uh, they answer the word, that one's going to use the word nincompoop. If anybody doesn't understand life from the beginning for different characters in our life, then they're nincompoops. Uh, the Jews like to say schmuck. Uh, uh, the, the the Japanese go Domione uh, <laughs> they call you Domio because you know uh, whatever you see so uh, life starting and having a, a different character is forced into you for whatever life you had and that's the real McCoy so they want to call me that I never changed I didn't give myself the name unpredictable I never did. I have no idea. The only thing is, when I used to go in the ring for TV and they tell me, you're in there for 12 minutes, blah, 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 blah. And uh, there was no setup of anything. You're a wrestler, you wrestle. Uh, who's winning, who's winning, who's losing, who's losing, who cares? The thing is, I had to perform something. I feel that I, I'm good enough to go in there. I told you from the beginning, I go in there, if, I, if you're standing in the audience and you're a fan and you yell out, hey, you bum, I'm going to go up to the apron. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm going to let you keep yelling. And then when I turn around, I said, did you call your name to me? Or is that my name or is that your name? Now, here's this guy who's going to really enjoy himself because now I made a hero out of him. I put him in the show. I took him from the audience and brought him back and brought him into the ring. Everybody's going to know him. He's going to have friends all night because he's, he's sounding me off. So, you know, did I go there to perform? Did I go there to wrestle? I went there to make a hell of a show out of this business that is a pro wrestling business that I think I know very well and I could do. And I never changed. Every night that I went, I tried to be different, uh, something unpredictable, something that, I, they, okay, I'm going to ask you one question, and I, I love the guy. He's alive today. I could say he's my friend. He doesn't have to be my friend. I could say he's one of the boys. He doesn't have to be. He wants to say hello. He can say, say hello. You like Ric Flair? Yes. Okay. Is he a heel? Uh, I would say so. Is he a baby face? No, more of a heel, I would think. Well, uh, 
And the funny thing about it, he's had so many, I mean, you know, he had champion belts like Galore, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And every time he climbed up on the top of the rope on every match, what happens? The guy catches him and throws him off. What was that? The guy would catch him, like, you know, climbing the rope. Yeah, he did. The guy would he climbs on top of the corner, and yeah. uh, the other guy, the, the opponent, goes over there, picks him up, shakes him up and down, and throws him across the ring. Exactly. Yep. And what do we call that? A high spot? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, he's got a big high spot. He, every time you know, he's famous for that. So people love it. Even though they know that he's going to do it, why in the world are you going to go in the corner, climb up there, and have somebody pick you up and throw you off? I mean, if you did it once or twice, why do it again? Well, the the, the fans love it. Every time he goes to there, they say, oh, I love this shit. I don't know if they call him a dummy or not, but uh, the fans love it, so he he's, he's special. Only Ric Flair does that. Everybody else does it. Nobody gives a damn. They they they, they know that they say ah, uh, copy Ric Flair. I mean, you know, it's like uh, I can raise my eyebrow, and I, I did it in many years before The Rock, because I'm way older than him, and nobody cares about me raising my eyebrow. But yet The Rock did it, and he's famous for raising the eyebrow, right? Yep. So you yes. so you see, it's the fans that make you who you are, and the fans are the best. I, I can't. They're the greatest in the world for this game. Without the fans, we can forget about the business. The fans are the fans. I don't care anybody that that that, that makes fun of the fans or say they they jerks for or they want to go see pro wrestling. It's phony. Well, if it's funny, let me body slam you like we body slam, like we throw Ric Flair from the corner across. I mean, every time he does it, I said, I don't know. You can't do too many of those. But yet, he did it. Let me see. Let me do it to you and see if you get up. So, if it's funny, let's do it. But you see, this is the kind, this is what the question you ask is, can you change your style? Can you be something different? I just gave you the answer. Ray Flair is different. You see what I mean? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, you know, Jay Strongbow, right? Yes. Well, is he an Indian or is he not an Indian? So you see, let's not answer that. Right. (laughs) Let's not answer that because you see, I I I I could I could talk to the business. I could be free, but why? Why? It's not everybody. Everybody knows KK now, so it doesn't matter. You see what I'm talking about? Everybody's yes. everybody monopolizes uh, this game for their own. It's, uh, it's, uh, there's companies everywhere. Minus W-O-W-U-W. World of Unpredictable Wrestling. I have a perfect name. World of Unpredictable Wrestling. Anybody else can have a better one. Not even Vince has a better one. They changed theirs from from uh, Capital Wrestling to, to WWE. So they never had a perfect one. 
I have world on physical wrestling. Uh, uh, you could present, Chad John could present the world on physical wrestling. Only thing is, once you start saying the world on physical wrestling, or you say the unpredictable one, somebody's going to remember my name. Someone going to remember me. Because there is no other one unpredictable one. Is there? Nope, there is only one. <laughs> and you know who started? It was Vince Jr. When he finally got into the seat that he started producing uh, the game with the Antonino Rata and Bruno and all of them sitting down uh, commentating. And every time I did TV, here he goes. He goes, oh boy, here we go. Here comes the unpredictable one. This guy is very unpredictable. Let's see what he's going to do tonight. So before you know, the, the announcers are saying it. Everybody's saying it. So anybody that uses it, they say, wow, they're using Johnny's name. Well, that's not my name. I'm not called unpredictable. But if you say unpredictable, say Johnny Rocks. If you say Johnny Rocks, oh, yeah, that's the unpredictable one. The funny thing is, they made it white wool, and I can never lose it because everybody's going to remember who I am after what, so many years out of the business. So it is what it is, and that's what it is. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's kind of a, a perfect way to end it. I mean, that, that sums up your legacy right there. The unpredictable one, and yeah. you were great in the ring, and, and you're still doing your stuff as a as, Impressive, impressive trainer. So just kind of, if you can, give us some plugs for the world of un unpredictable wrestling and where anybody can find WUW. Well, they get, if they want to find them, all, all they have to do is search Johnny Rods or WUW or Greaseman's Gym, world-famous Greaseman's Gym, 130 Water Street, down in Dumbo, Brooklyn, between the two bridges uh, a block away from the river. It's one of the busiest areas in New York today, and there it is. And there's a big, big, big logos on the front door. You can't miss it. There's only one entrance on the first floor. It's one block long, and uh, it's been there. It's going to stay there. Whether I'm there or not, the wheel is turning, and all the spokes are in there. If one of the spokes snap, the wheel starts shaking. We need a new spoke, so we always get new members. And the members take care of each other. They treat each other like brothers and sisters. And if they don't, I can still go in the ring and twist their little neck. <laughs> and I'm not going to say how old I am. I'm not going to say how old I am. And you guys, you know what? I'd like to see you guys come down and visit me. I would love that. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, hell yeah. You guys are not that far away. You're in New Jersey, right? Yeah. yeah not, we... That's not too far. I don't know if we're ready. I don't know if you're ready for us, though, Johnny. I don't know if we're uh, if Gleason's gym can uh, can hold the two man power trip. I don't know. Well, I could tell you, you 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 guys uh, like this game. You, you 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 love to have people. I don't know if you love to have people like myself who could, who could talk all night, but uh, uh, this is crazy. That's why I'm not ready to talk when you guys call because. I'm always busy. Like I told you, uh, you're retired, and then you think you take a vacation and you're busier than because you, you know I got right now I got my twins. Uh, my son had twins, and they're downstairs uh, 
they're only three months old. My wife is a twin, and now we got twins again. So <laughs> we're never, we're never going to end. Nice. Hey, 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 John is a twin as well. So there you go. Twins all around. Yeah. yeah. Yep. If I catch them wrestling, I'll break their necks. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Johnny, we appreciate you know the time got, tonight. You know, but you know, you know who's got the, a good pair of twins that they are going to be big names? It's the Dudley Boys. Oh uh, yeah, Devon has. Devon yep. has. Yeah, his kids are gonna be superstars one day, and I, 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 I said it, and it's gonna be, because, and he's one of my best students ever. Devon has been, he is a, one of my best students ever, and uh, his kids are gonna make it for sure. I already, I got a good, a good, good eye for that. I, I see somebody I know, they're gonna hit something on that because I've done it before. Absolutely. And anyway, uh, listen. It was a pleasure talking to you guys. I know you try. You guys are trying to get rid of me. <laughs> no, it's a pleasure talking to you guys. You guys really for real. Come on down. Show up to the gym. Just tell them you want to see me. It's right there. Like I said, one thirty Water Street in Brooklyn, right between the two bridges, the Manhattan and the Brooklyn Bridge in Dumbo, Brooklyn, a block away from the river. And it's a wild place. It's a tourist place. Come on down and visit us, and then and you'll find out you'll find out more about the business. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.